Now, Vince Gilligan um, cut his teeth on the X-Files in uh, directing and writing some of the most famous and most lauded um, X-Files episodes. But it was um, his work during the peak of the golden age of television when everyone was going on relentlessly about Sopranos and The Wire and Mad Men and binge-watching, uh, binge-watching like crazy. It was uh, arguably, I think, the top of the tree, even ahead of The Wire, was Breaking Bad, even though those two shows are quite hard to compare as they're very, very different. Um, Breaking Bad was very different to The Sopranos as well. It was a roller coaster show where each episode basically continued on from the second, from the last episode. It had more WTF moments than any show in history and it's notable for increasing in quality all the way through to the end where it landed its finale spectacularly. In fact, it even gave itself a double series finale. The, the last series was split into two eight hour episodes um so it was um it was a very very long wind down for the show after the end of season four but it landed it so well and it's gone on to be one of the most fated tv shows in history and it will always be regarded as such um well vince gilligan actually went back to it with better call saul which is a brilliant show and deserves more credit which featured on uh, walter white's lawyer soul goodman um bob odenkirk who's now into season four of that show and and that's probably coming to an end too and that's starting to overlap with the timeline that shows the lawyer uh, as he started out before he became like a mob lawyer and this very very shady guy but an, a, an awards worthy performance well the other side of the coin is vince gilligan actually said that the more like basically breaking bad ended with um jesse pinkman who was second most important character in the show, uh, played by Aaron Paul. A brilliant performance, won three Emmys for it. It showed uh, Walter White finally semi-redeeming himself by rescuing Aaron Paul from the grip of neo-Nazis, where he was going through some of the worst stuff I've seen a main character go through. I mean, they even made him watch them kill his partner just to keep him cooking meth for them and kept him on chains in a dungeon. It was pretty horrible. And the last we saw, Jesse was uh, freed and riding off into the night in a car. And Vince Gilligan said the more he thought about it, the more it troubled him because with Walter White dead and hundreds and hundreds of police descending on the scene, Jesse was probably the second, mo the most wanted person in the entire United States at that stage. So just driving off in a car wasn't going to cut it. And he went back and he's made a two-hour movie which follows that release from jail and Jesse's attempt to actually get to real safety because the cops are scouring the whole of Albuquerque for him, literally hundreds of police everywhere. So it follows on directly from the end of Breaking Bad and it follows almost entirely Jesse's story and flashbacks continually to the moments leading up to it and earlier moments throughout the Breaking Bad series involving a lot of the characters such as uh, Jonathan Banks who appears straight away Christina Ritter as well these aren't just flashbacks they've actually shot new footage with these people Jesse Plemons and also of course Brian Cranston I'm sure that's been leaked by now um, but so what basically the entire story is him trying to flee in um, in the main body of Breaking Bad there was a, a character called The Cleaner 
um, and he was played by Robert Forster. And uh, basically, Walter White fled through him. He's a guy that you pay 125 grand or whatever it was to, and he will make you disappear and give you a new life, new paperwork, new identity, and transport you to a country. In in Walter White's case, I think he went to Alaska uh, and set up a new life there and stayed there, not for very long. <laughs> Um, but Jesse had tried to do the same. He tried to escape during the course of Breaking Bad and had found out some very, very disturbing news and, and ended up not going. Um, but this whole episode is him trying to get enough money together to escape. Uh, and that's it. And honestly, watching it, it's, um, it's got mainly very positive reviews. I don't think anyone has got a bad word to say about Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul has struggled since Breaking Bad to break out of the typecasting of Jesse. And there's good reason for that. I think um, for Brian Cranston, he's appeared in quite a few movies. He seems to have done it with ease. I don't know whether that's because he's older or because we knew him from Malcolm in the Middle before that, but he's done very well. When Aaron Paul bust out, the biggest thing he did was Need for Speed, which was a pretty bad film, but a guilty pleasure and enjoyable hokum. The problem is, he's just way too intense an actor. He's a really, really commanding, intense actor. And putting him in fluff roles is never going to work. I think someone said he's come across like a serial killer. Um, I really hope this resets the clock on Aaron Paul's career because he's an incredible talent and his performance over the two hours of this episode where he is front and centre throughout is amazing. And it deals a lot with some important issues like the post-traumatic stress that he's suffering from his incredibly awful treatment at the hands of these neo-Nazi Hells Angels. He lost two partners throughout the course of Breaking Bad. He found out that Walter White, his best friend at the time, had actually watched his girlfriend die and not do anything about it because Walter White actually chided him before handing him over to the neo-Nazis about that. And this guy is a traumatic basket case. So it follows his sort of reintegration with normalcy uh, and we get to see some of the events that sort of flesh out what happened in the lead-up as well. The most notable is a very long sequence with Jesse Plemons. Um, Jesse is the one character that has put on so much weight, it's so noticeable. Uh, and it's, it's kind of distracting, but his performance, again, as a very polite, nice, psychopathic killer is what is amazing. He's a terrifying prospect. He's always polite and yet capable of shooting a young child and not even caring, as he did in the main series. Uh, he's in a long sequence here, which is very important because it goes to show how traumatised Jesse was at one stage, even though Jesse knows he's going back to almost certain death and torture and abuse. Jesse gets hold of a gun when he's alone with, Je uh, with uh, Jess Plemons. Uh, he actually gets his gun and points it at him, but he's so beaten down, he ends up just handing it back crying with Jesse Plemons saying, oh, I was going to take you for a pizza. What kind of pizza would you like? And he just starts sobbing because he's got no confidence at all. Uh, he's that institutionalized by his captivity that he can't even do that. And that's, really, that's probably the strongest element that runs through this El Camino Breaking Bad movie, as it's, it's officially called. So it deals a lot with um, him building up confidence to face a situation which looks like he can't possibly get out of. 
he needs to get enough money to be able to pay this guy Robert Forster now I read Robert Forster died a few hours before watching this and he has a very strong role in the last third of El Camino so that was kind of strange he's a really good performance in this and he's one of the main characters throughout the last third he died the day it was released uh, Robert Forster is known as Sheriff Truman in Twin Peaks, a multi-decade career in cinema, including uh, being nominated for an Oscar as the lead in Jackie Brown, uh, opposite Pam Grier, who I think was nominated for an Oscar as well. Um, he's a terrific actor, or was, uh, and sorely missed. But um, I really like this. A lot of people have complained that it doesn't do enough, and that it's just fan service. I like that. I like the fact that Breaking Bad itself was pretty much perfect and this doesn't spoil anything it is a movie solely for fans none of it makes any sense if you haven't watched the show but they don't introduce new story they just let that series be and tidy up the loose ends and i really like the fact that both aaron paul and jesse who spent a large part of the final bit of season five as a captive rather than having a role which he dominated throughout the uh, previous four or five seasons. He was pretty much a, a, a desperate character just locked in a basement. I love the fact that he gets his day in the sun, it re-establishes Aaron Paul as a brilliant actor, and it's got lots of sequences that are really strong. There's a gun shootout, and the whole bit where he visits a flat to try and um, get some money, and it's shot amazingly well. It's uh, shot on an aspect ratio that was... Um, used by Sergio Leone in the Fistful of Dollars and those westerns, so it's a very much wider scope than you're used to on TV. Beautifully shot and soundtracked. Breaking Bad was no was notoriously, well, not notoriously, but was celebrated for its cinematography and its use of sound, which went beyond a lot of what was on TV at the time. It was, I think, the only TV show at the time shot on 35mm film, such as um, people like Quentin Tarantino often do with their movies. So it looked amazing, and this looks really good. It sounds really good, and the performance of Jesse is off the charts. Pro arguably, it's better than his performance during the main body of the show. It's an incredible, intense burn. And we finally get some sort of happiness as well. So it will mean nothing if you've never seen Breaking Bad, uh, whether it works at all as a standalone. No, it's very limited in scope. But that means it doesn't spoil anything from the main show. So El Camino, I'm going to give 8 out of 10. Now, I've been featuring uh, Ginger Baker's music.